Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey, you reached the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Liz. And Matt. And today, Dak's shoulder is feeling hurty. Chris Godwin is also feeling hurty. Is Brashad Perryman going to win some fantasy Super Bowls this weekend? Hmm, I wonder. Also, a team that's not going to the Super Bowl is the Jacksonville Jaguars. We say, girl, bye to angry boomer Tom Coughlin. We grant some Christmas wishes to floundering teams. And give our one thought, or maybe more than one thought, for every game this weekend. Listen up and good luck. Bye. Hi, welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Liz, that's Matt. Producer Brett's way over there, judging us already. Um, Speaking of judging, if you're listening because you made it to your Super Bowl week, congratulations. And if you didn't, I guess you suck. Or maybe our advice does. Hey, sometimes it's just bad luck. You know, this is, after all, partially, if not more than 50% a game of luck. You know, it's... Well, Matt, I think you are the only one of the three of us who has at least one team advancing to the Super Bowl. So maybe you should start this whole show. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, Didn't make it in the podcast listener league. Super exclusive. Yeah, forget uh, the exact human who bounced me out, but I wouldn't have had Dalvin Cook this week anyways. Uh, he was on that team. Chris Godwin was on that team. So really just like it, it made sense. Like put the put the damn thing out the pasture, you know? Yeah, I, I feel that Kenny Stills on my bench is still a little bit biting for me, which is why, spoiler alert, I'll mention him in fantasy damage during FFL this Sunday. But let's start with some news. And I want to talk about Dak's shoulder, which apparently is a little bit hurdy. So let's discuss. A little bit hurdy. (laughs) Very, very big um, postseason implications for the Cowboys and the Eagles in week 16. And obviously the Cowboys are traveling to Philadelphia for this matchup. Yeah. uh, Dak says he's going to be good to go. He's going to play. Okay. All right. It's tough. I think right now the Cowboys are sort of reverting back to the put the ball in Zeke's hands 20 times anyways. And like, I'm sure we'll hear some win loss stats of when (laughs) when Zeke gets 20 plus touches, the the Cowboys have this record or whatever, which is always hyper misleading. But whatever. I mean, it's it's a shame, too, because also I still think Philadelphia's secondary has even though we have seen some of the players you know, come back to health. Some of their original guys like Ronald Darby isn't playing well. Dwayne Haskins, Terry McLaurin, Sneaky had a good game against them last week. So it's kind of a shame if you have Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Dak Prescott. These guys are coming off pretty poor fantasy games anyways. Yeah, well, I think there's a couple of things at play here. I know everyone is talking about exactly your point. In fact, where you were saying that it was pulling up notes on Zeke because that does seem to be 
the way the Cowboys have won in the past. And he does look better and better. Obviously, the matchup against Philadelphia versus the run is tough because, as you just mentioned, they're much weaker through the air. And even though they're healthier, their DBs is not a squad of elite level top PFF rated players. So we also have the people who want to ding Amari Cooper on the road. And Michael Gallup was a big old zero, not a zero, but he certainly didn't do, he was a bust last week. If Dak is not entirely healthy, you know, I also want to say like, forget fantasy for a second. I have been intrigued by this matchup because I talked about this on cover three on Monday. Everybody is sitting around saying, well, this is the Cowboys game, right? Like the Cowboys should absolutely win this game. They had Sean Lee showing up looking like a, a vintage version of himself healthy last week. Like this is a moment where they put it all together and get what they should get. I say that is exactly why they will not, in fact, win. And the fascinating thing to me about the Eagles is that, yes, on paper, the Cowboys are a better squad. But because the Eagles have suffered so many injuries throughout the season, they have been forced to get creative to find, as we talked about weeks ago, alternative ways to win, whether it was Dallas Goddard, whether it was for a a minute, um, Nelson Aguilar, Boston Scott, Greg Ward, like, There are all of these kind of epiphanies, if you will, that the Eagles have had. And because of that, I think that they are just in a better place to ultimately win this contest at home. I think you're right, especially from the standpoint of like these options that they have come up with the two tight ends like Ertz is Ertz did not start off as a great fantasy pick, but he's ended very strong. And why? Because they don't have anybody else, they don't have any outside threats. And like when the you volume were, is, and when we were all saying at the t- like in August, like the who's vo- the yeah. most over over drafted player? It was Zach Ertz because we were worried about his volume. Now that he had everybody healthy, right? Mm, changes around here. There you go. <laughs> uh, so like the two tight ends, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders as receivers, Greg Ward as a possible answer as a slot receiver. I think those all match up very well against. Dallas as a defense obviously a lot of it's in garbage time but we went into last week saying like hey look out for Cooper Cup Tyler Higby's gonna have a big game again because Dallas struggles to cover the middle of the field Mitch Trubisky went up and down the middle of the field on them the week prior then they allow 18 catches combined to Cup and Higby so I think like stylistically what the Eagles do well well ish I'll say on offense right now the Cowboys struggle to defend uh I still and vice versa what the Cowboys are expected to do, at least on offense, is a strong suit for the Eagles' defense. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it matches up good for the Eagles on both sides of the yeah. ball. Like that's that's the thing. So, my question to you, though, who do you want to see win this game? The Eagles. Yeah, I I find the Eagles such a hard watch, though. They are, but I ask you this: Do you want to see? Do you want to have the? Will Jason Garrett be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys conversation in 2020? No, I no. want it, I want it to be over and done with. But I feel like of the two, so it's interesting because yeah, there's that part of it. There's the motivation part of it is like let's get Jason Garrett the hell out of here. Like let's just get it over and done with. If they don't make the playoffs, we get it over and done yep. with. I find the Cowboys to be a more compelling team to watch, though, and I also think that if one of these teams could win a playoff game. I think the Eagles have no shot to win a playoff game. I think the Cowboys have a pretty good shot to win a like a pretty good shot to win a playoff game in their that, own though. building. I don't want to have this conversation. I don't want to do this again next year. The, I would rather th- like forsake 2019 for eternity. I get it, but I also think I I think there's a pretty good chance that even if they make the playoffs, like there's a non-zero percent chance that 
super loyal Jerry Jones is like, you know what? Let's run it back with Jason one more time. But like, I think in the end, I think that unless they make like a Super Bowl run, I think they've already closed the book on the Garrett mm. era. But I don't, but I don't know that. So, it, to if, to your point, why risk it? Yeah, I'd also just like to see everything like. I don't want to risk these receivers getting hurt next year. I'd like them to start 2020 healthy. I do think the squad has also I'm fascinated to see how they work the money from here on out throughout the offseason. And if there are more questions, like if this team loses now and they don't make the playoffs, then like that conversation becomes much more fascinating because it's full of hypotheticals. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of like you said, there's a lot of contractual situations to deal with in Dallas, like obviously Dak Prescott being chief among them. Yeah. Uh, and then Amari Cooper is not signed for hmm. next year. I have a question for you. Yep. If Dak wins this one, banged up, not just with the shoulder, there's also like this like hairline fracture in his finger, yep. supposedly, right? If he does win this one, and let's say he manages out of nowhere to win it in convincing fashion, does that count as a signature moment in your book? Yeah, for sure. Right? No doubt. I. Um, he needs one right now. He needs one. I mean, he's obviously not in the MVP race anymore. The MVP race is over. It's Lamar Jackson's mm-hmm. to, to unless he, like, you know, I don't know, dies. Like, <laughs> then I think that's the only shot he's not winning the MVP this year. And even then, I think they might give it to him. But in the long run, I think Dak has already cemented his worth to this franchise. Like, they have, in a world where, damn, Jared Goff is counting $36 million against the cap next year, I think that. Dak Prescott is worth more than Jared Goff right now. Like, convincingly worth more than Jared Goff. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, For now, though, let's focus back on the fantasy Super Bowl. And we're going to talk about another injury. Matt alluded to him earlier in the episode. Chris Godwin, we talked about it on Sunday as well, is done probably for the year. He's done here. Uh, So that means we saw Brashad Perryman go off for a hat trick last week. I have some big feelings about O.J. Howard, who's coming off of his highest target total with eight looks of the season in a nice matchup. Um, Jameis Winston is, what, six or 700 passing yards away from a crazy record. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem to matter. I'm just I'm fascinated with Bruce Arians too because like where we started this season with him I'm t- gonna quote you it was a great quote um, coming out of retirement to establish the run with Peyton Barber and here we are with Brashad Perryman like reaching a ceiling that we only imagined and pretty much closed the door on and OJ Howard finally getting some usage and Cameron Brake going parallel to the ground on, on some plays like it, it's kind of it's kind of fascinating and you know that this is going to be a high scoring game i think um according to bet mgm it is the highest projected point total of the week at 51 unless that is moved a little bit and because the bucks can't run the ball you know that it they're going to put it in the air and the matchup against the texans is solid it is and the bucks also have kind of become there's always these like random teams that become spoilers towards the mm-hmm. end. Of, like I think the Browns were that team last year. You know, as they started surging. Another Brashad Perryman team. I mean Perryman, the uh, the tide that the uh, spoiler. Should we just call him the spoiler? <laughs> He's the spoiler. Uh, like the Bucks have become that team, that spoiler team, because like right now they're over the last four weeks they're fourth in point differential. They're the fourth best team in that metric, and that's not just a product of the passing game, although it is mostly the passing game. You know, they're putting up big numbers right now, but like the defense also right now is. Is not that we know they can stop the run, but they've been all right. And, you know, not for nothing, Football Outsiders has their weighted, we quote DVOA a decent amount mm-hmm. here, but their weighted DVOA metric, which accounts for strength of schedule and your uh, and your most recent performances, they have them as the eighth best defense in the NFL right now. Like, they're not just getting totally shredded. They're a pretty good team. It's just how much do you 
do you trust them? Like Jameis Winston, five interceptions on an opening drive this year. We know what he does. I think in the at the end of the day, I think the Texans are a much better team. Um, they're a three-point favorite right now. I think they can win by a lot more than that. But this is, like you said, it can definitely turn into that high-scoring shootout. Should we talk about – let's talk about the Texans a second then because I mentioned that I had Kenny Stills on my bench. And this is a week that I do like him a lot, especially when you take into consideration the 13 targets, eight of which he converted, Danny Amendola – managed against for over 100 yards managed against the Bucks. obviously they're giving up a lot of production to the slot that's where Kenny Stills does his best work Kiki Cutie is a is a scratch likely for this one and Will Fuller is back but we know that he's not as versatile as Stills is even if he has a higher ceiling yeah I've heard a little bit of pub for Duke Johnson here but again the Bucks ability versus the run makes me especially in week 16 there's just not enough stability here so I think Kenny Stills I mean Man, I wish I had squeaked past. I only lost by like three points. I wish I had squeaked past because I would absolutely flex him hard in week 16. Yeah, he's the super volatile guy. We know that like based on – I think having Will Fuller helps him though. Like even sure. if you think it theoretically 100%. they suck air yards away from each other, that can go either way. And last week it went towards Stills. It went away from Fuller. It could easily flip this week, but I also think that you mentioned it as the defense continues to improve. The slot is still their area of weakness. So that is a good spot for Kenny Stills. Not in a good spot this week is Tom Coughlin. Oh, that's um, he got fired. Boomer, which... Boomer zero, millennials one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My mom is in town. We got in a huge fight about like boomers and millennials. A couple of days ago. Nice. Sounds like the also, hol- sounds like the holidays. My mom's like not a typical boomer, but she was defending boomers to the nth. And I was like, Mom, what are you doing? Like you're you're like the antithetical boomer. It's not you. It's not it's your it's fault, a sore Mom. subject. We I got into that with my folks over Thanksgiving as well. Like my mom was like, Yeah, we're you know, yeah, we, we deserve to be, you know, put on the ice flow out to Valhalla. Oh, the Eskimo. Goodbye. Yeah, but my yeah. dad was really, he was really fighting. He was really fighting on it, so. Right. And I was also like, Mom, your complaints about the millennials are like anti-me, right? Like, I'm not your typical millennial, and you are not the typical boomer. So let's just decide that we both live in the upside down. But Tom Coughlin That's not is, what happened the, is with, the typical boomer. With the Khan family and Tom, and Tom <laughs> Coughlin. <laughs> right. Yeah, my, my buddy Tony Khan went to his dad and said, we got to get rid of this boomer. Anyways. Okay. So Jalen Ramsey won. Is the answer here. And Dante Fowler. And, and the NFL most of, the, most of the, the roster of also, the Jackson, yeah, by, like By the way, the players that are still on the team, like A.J. Boye has like shown no restraint on coming back at what the Coughlin era has been like. Uh, Leonard Fournette, of course, like he had he had a few things to pop off about today, too. The guys fined $100,000 for sitting when he was made inactive last year. So there's been a lot of stuff coming out of Jacksonville. And like... I can't believe Tom Coughlin is still doing the the damn uh, turn the clocks like forward bit. Did you see that about the? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, when he was messing, he messes with the the time yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah, and all the play like they asked AJ Boya this morning, what is the first thing that's been different about the team since Coughlin's been gone? I know and what he, time it is. Yeah, he said he said the t- <laughs> the clocks are all back to normal. Like unbelievable. I'm I- not being gaslit. <laughs> yeah, this is this. I mean, what a like what a disaster for the Jaguars, not just like from this part of it, the uh, the obvi- all the grievances and everything like that for the NFLPA to come out and say, like, hey, I mean, you have to make the change when the Players Association comes out and says, 
maybe con- ma- hey fellas maybe consider this when looking for your next like free agent destination like basically don't go play for this old psycho in Jacksonville but also like from just a team building perspective they made so many bad decisions and what the hell do they where do they go from here I know what I would like to see I don't know if it'll happen like I would like to see Marone fired big time obviously that feels like it's going to happen I think it's going to happen um, next Monday morning it feels like yeah, yeah, yeah Black yeah. Monday that'll happen right although I'll say like there are some I saw some talk on Jaguars Twitter today about like do you think not that it means like Marone is going to stay because he's going to go but like maybe Marone like became more of a player's friendly coach but by having to be like the good cop to, good cop to Tom Coughlin's bad cop i don't know that again i don't know that it holds any water but it might make him a more tenable hire for his next team than whatever but he's not eating a fire yeah i'd like to see flip i mean we all know that i have a giant affection for him i'd really like to see john Filippo just become the hc and do it oh really yeah why not like <laughs> but, but but so we talk about quarterbacks all the time and how like well we can't what are they good if they don't sign Jameis to like a two-year deal even if the interception issue is still the same like what are you going to do there's an inventory issue well the same thing is with coaches like you didn't get like somebody that Zach Taylor had a cup of coffee with like (laughs) I don't think so (laughs) I don't think this giant on Zach Taylor is that kind of thing I mean who this year maybe someone off of Shanahan's roster but like who's going to want to to come to Jacksonville, especially on the heels of this and, and rebuild, I think that Flip is in a nice position. By the way, Flip like doesn't doesn't want to deal with the Minnesota thing. He was not in a great position having been fired like with a month, three weeks left in the season last year. I think he'd be in a nice position to take over. I just don't know that like I mean, we don't know anything about head coaches and, like, who's going to be a good coach or not, but... Well, it's a marriage, right? Like, we, the, it's not just it's finding the right match between quarterback and... And this is something that Scott Pioli talks about a lot, like, finding the right marriage between not just skill set, but personality match between the quarterback and, and the head coach. And, like, you can't have too many roommate issues. But does you that... You don't know those until you live together. Yeah. Does that mean, like, you're going to... Does that mean you're go- you're going with like Foles in 2020 as no. your guy? Because I mean that was like the one of the reasons that Foles was brought onto the roster because right. like he had a connection uh, with Flip. But I don't I- think he had enough opportunity yet, and I think you have to go back. I think particularly because this is a team that has had trouble selling tickets. Right, they get blacked out continuously in their market. Frankly, because. The people that live in Jacksonville, my girlfriend, Robin, is one of them, and so is her family. Like, these are Georgia or Florida fans. These are Saturday football fans. They're not Sunday football fans. But you have to make some excitement. You have to create something here. And the defense two years ago did it for this team. Now, Gardner Minshew is that thing. So from a business standpoint, if Flip is this offensive genius, this this up-tempo, high-flying coordinator or I guess head coach play caller then we have to lean towards a quarterback who is unless you bring Mike Leach back like let's bring like that that's a pop fine <laughs> no, bring Mike no Leach team to Jacksonville will, no team will ever bring Mike Leach there to is the no better personality to pair with Minshew it will make so much sense to the populace who don't understand who Leach is from a personality sp- standpoint when you see him and Gardner Minshew together boom this is it you're gonna sell some damn tickets you're gonna have people get in that pool and not be disgusting about it it's gonna be cool yeah i just think they're in a you you they might have to do something like this because they're fresh out of options like you said like they don't have they have nothing they have to force a rebrand they have to force it i mean it's an entire it's a teardown like they're in a salary cap situation yeah they're built around a running back that they took number four overall who's 
pretty average. And a defense that has flatlined. And the defense, I mean, the defense is dead in the water. Right. Like, not even, yeah, totally dead in the water. Like, they have nothing to really get excited about. Even Minshew, to, a, to like, a certain extent, I, I'm not even, like, that excited about the Minshew thing anymore because, like, it's just, I mean, there's so hey, but much. what if we tabula rasa this? What if Minshew comes back and we have some glowing off-season reports about he and DJ Chark playing Madden together? <laughs> and then, right, like, that's a thing. And then you see Leonard Fournette, like, keeping his damn mouth shut and working out. And maybe um, Reichwell Armstead and he are doing some, like, there's going to be those puff pieces and all of a sudden, all those tight ends get healthy again. And all of a sudden, like, that team becomes intriguing. And they have a rogue-ish head coach in, in John Filippo, or, like, a straight-up rogue D&D style in Mike Leach. I mean, I would Miles have... Jack is healthier than he's ever been in his life. Breach. Bre- sure. Let's do it. AJ Bouye returns to, like, Texans-level good. Everyone is stoked because there's hope, which is not poison in this narrative. No. Well, I feel like you're kind of selling some poison here. And they move to London. Oh, shit. They moved to London. Let's there we go. go. There Let's we go. go. I would love for them. To, I'm going to eat some shish. Like, what do they serve in Jacksonville? What's the What's the food? Fried food. <laughs> fried food? Question mark. <laughs> like fried alligator? Is alligator? Sure. Bacon? Oh, yeah. Well, it's North, Florida. North right. Florida. Okay. So, like, instead of fried gator, maybe we're doing some fish and chips. Fish and chips. Boom. Everybody drinks beer regardless of where you are, right? That's, yeah. That so, is. we have some pints. Let's do it. Anyway, I'm I'm excited for Jaguars 2020. Heard it here first. I'm going to go a little off script here. Surprise. Okay. I'm- I took a nap in my car, by the way, and it was like day changing for me. Christmas wish or holiday wish for any team. Sorry. Don't look at I, your damn notes. I was deep in research for, about what food Jacksonville is known for. Oh, okay. And so far, I only saw fried fish. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. This is know. a perfect comp. Okay. So, Matt, if you could deliver one holiday wish for any NFL squad and or player, what would it be? Holiday wish for any NFL squad. I, I would wish for the Rams to find a way out of Jared Goff's contract. Well, they didn't go into the wilderness. No, they didn't. No. And I don't think they would. But that would be the gift that I would give because I think there's still so much intrigue on this roster. I just think they're always going to be a little held back because of their um, their quarterback situation. I would wish, I wish the entire league could have some bravery when it comes to quarterbacks. I don't know. You, I don't have a good one off the top of my head. That was the best I got. What do you have? I would wish for A.J. Green to land with – I want to see him so badly come back to at least – not maybe not vintage form. I don't think that's possible at 31, 32 years old. But I'd like to see A.J. Green after this year be released – from the shackles of Cincinnati and ascend on some roster that is not the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, we don't need How that. about this? Larry Fitzgerald hangs up the cleats. So, AJ Green comes in and fills exciting. the old man I, receiver role I like in Arizona. That. I was eyeing, I like I was that eyeing a lot. the Cardinals, but it Ooh. would mean for Fitz to Fitz to move over. Oh, he's dust. He's done. He's it's over for Fitz. Okay, I yikes. mean cool. He'll have two big games in September again and then do nothing the rest of the year. He's it's over. I was actually thinking either the Cardinals or the Raiders. Oh, ah, screw the Raiders. Like, sounds like it seems like a Raiders move, though. A very Raiders move. It doesn't it? And I also feel like there's Vegas. There's what is old is new again. That old adage. He gets to go out to California. Gets to go play with Andy Dalton West. Why not? 
Well, I'm not anticipating Derek Carr being the quarterback. Then who's the quarterback for the damn Raiders? Nick Foles. Oh, great. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> feels like A.J. Green's just going to be on the Jets and pull I mean, a hammy and late It feels September like A.J. Green's going to be on the Bengals. Why? Because no. they can franchise tag him. Why would? Why? No, I don't think Zach. I, I think that Zach Taylor wants a, a legacy of his own. Uh, it doesn't make a damn difference what Zach no, Taylor wants. No, it does wants. because this franchise does not run like the rest of the NFL. This is a very, this is a family run operation. This right. ain't Walmart. This is your local mom pop pharmacy. <laughs> this is Walmart. That's it is what, a family run organization. That's oh, why, stop. that's why, that's why he's still on the team. No, but because because they didn't want to trade him. He also, like, is not playing this entire year because he's not interested. There is some because they ran him out on a gravel field. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him for not wanting to do it. But or, I mean, the Titans. I don't know. I would like to see AJ Green go somewhere kind of cool. I think Cardinals and Titans are good suggestions. Screw the Raiders. Speaking say- of the Raiders, can we talk about them for a second? Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, go for it. Josh, well, there is some pertinent fantasy news, so let's kind of go back to being a podcast that delivers utility. Okay. Um, Hunter Renfro. I know you don't like this. You don't like being useful. (laughs) No. But just entertaining and cute. You're good at that. Yep. Got it. So Hunter Renfro is back in week 16. Josh Jacobs is not. Yeah. Now, Darren Waller has been a target monster without Hunter Renfro. He has been Derek Carr's, like, number one underneath target. And that's kind of the only target that Derek Carr is interested in throwing to, right? Josh Jacobs not out. So now DeAndre Washington, a week too late, is back (laughs) into the discussion. Are you downgrading Waller at all or does his athleticism, despite only scoring three touchdowns over the entire season, by the way, over two games in the middle of the season, dissuade you at all? I mean, I don't think that Hunter Renfro matters that much. I, I think that— Well, the stat, the numbers would would disagree with you in terms of volume. So if you're not chasing a quarterback who always— I think it's an interesting conversation because if I'm not a quarterback, a tight end, if, you, uh, if we're hoping for a touchdown from these tight ends, you're not going to get one from Darren Waller. Most likely, no. Right. So you're going to hope for giant production. And— um, his production definitely slowed when Hunter Renfro was on the field. He's had double-digit targets since Renfro was out with a punctured lung. So in your championship against the Chargers, who have their stud safety back, are you downgrading him at all? Maybe a little bit. I think also because I think the bigger issue for Oakland, well, we know that they're t- like they're terrible. They're uh, 32nd in point differential since Week 12. I also think that that's going to bring... DeAndre Washington onto the field as like a receiver. Yeah. And like his seven targets interferes in this little stretch we're talking about here without Hunter Renfro. So that can also be part of the equation as well. That would seem like between Renfro and maybe a running back that they actually want to throw to, which again still makes no sense with the Josh Jacobs thing. I think I have to believe it was injury related. Maybe, but it was all year. I mean, has he been hurt all year? Maybe. Maybe that was part of the reason he didn't want to be shown on hard knocks. I don't know. Maybe. It's just strange that he was so effective. It's weird, though, that he would be so effective as a rusher. I mean, the only reason that he was like a good fantasy player is because despite the fact that the team has been terrible all year, despite the fact that he isn't used at all in the passing game, he was so hyper efficient as a rusher. And like now, now the last couple, the last three weeks for him, at least while they've been in this awful stretch that I just mentioned, point differential wise, he's been inefficient as a rusher mostly, but still getting 
enough volume to be like a small floor, floor play, but still nothing in the passing game. It's very strange. Well, how do you like Washington this week? We're going to go to Washington. No, 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 no. I meant the player, oh, DeAndre. I was like, Seattle? <laughs> Not the team. <laughs> or, uh, DeAndre Washington. I do like DeAndre Washington. I have him in that low-end RB2 range around like RB23-ish. Um, Floor guy only. At least the Chargers can still get there. I think they're better as a pass defense, theoretically, now with all their guys healthy, but they still get barreled over. I mean, Mike Boone plowed through him for two touchdowns last yes. week. Yes, and he does have the fresh legs that we've talked about, these end-of-the-season guys who haven't been played as much. Yeah. And I think that Phillip Rivers is still good enough to take advantage of Oakland's secondary, so I do expect the Raiders to be chasing points. And since we have seen DeAndre work in the passing game, I think that buoys him a little bit more. Yeah, fire both these teams into the sun for me, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no complaints. <laughs> Happy to do it. Uh, I don't have that kind of power, though. I'm not Dr. Manhattan. It's all right. Anybody watching Watchmen? It was great. Uh, all right. Where do we want to go next? Should we let's just we talked about Houston at Tampa Bay. I think we're good there. Let's talk about Buffalo at New England. One of these other Saturday games. Obviously, there's no Thursday night game, so we don't get yelled at by Brett since we have no game to reference. Thank, no yelling. I just thank, wrote a note. Now I'm yelling. Now thank you've upset God. me. Uh, I'm happy to see Thursday night football go. Um, not that I, I mean, there are a lot of great Thursday night games this year i feel like actually it's just it's nice like oh thursdays are are free, free again <laughs> free again same with same with mondays uh i can never enough. watch them in real time because my commute is so rough so i'd pro- maybe like watch a quarter of the game here and then get home and then have to watch everything so i could never like tweet it or anything during the game or would want to look on twitter to ruin it for myself but then was up till like midnight watching the game and working because we have dream jobs uh so buffalo at new england okay real quick non-fantasy angle here. I was talking to one of the dads at my kid's school and Mac's dad, in fact. And Max, what's Mac, up? Mac, oh, Mac, even Mac better. Mac's dad. And uh, Mac's dad said to me, he knows what I do for a living, and he was complaining about spending all this money on Mohamed Sanu, all his fab, that's... blew all his fab on Mohamed Sanu. He is a Pats fan. So that's how we got into a conversation about him being a Pats fan. And he said, you know, I have to be honest, this week, I'm rooting for Buffalo because I am tired of being a villain. After this thing in Cincinnati, I'm done with it. I'm done with the Pats. I, I feel like I feel like they just get caught too much. It's starting to feel dirty. I'm excited by Josh Allen. I'm excited by Scott McDermott. I love that they always play the Pats close. I have incredible respect for them. And then another dad came over and said, me too. And I just sat there like nodding my head because I was fascinated wow. to see in this week the Bills getting getting love from Pats fans. Get out of that Boston bubble. Come to the West Coast and free your mind, Patriots fans. <laughs> sure, yes. Maybe it was, I don't know, it could have been a, a lot of factors. But regardless, from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, there's nothing here that I want to do. I'm, I mean, obviously the vulnerability against, we talked about this, it's similar situation to the Pittsburgh game last week. The vulnerability that presents for Buffalo is the run game. Are we trusting Sony Michelle? Uh, no. No. Right? No. We've learned our lesson I, I mean, there. he was fine last week. He got you about eight points. Like, that's that's the best you can probably hope for right it, now. Right? And, I, and I think you could probably do better this week. Otherwise, Nikhil Harry is interesting. But from a fantasy standpoint, now that he has, like, a full-time role, I don't like the matchup well enough no. for him. Do you think White who wins and Gilmore this? on both sides of these defense. Who like, wins this game? <clears throat> I think Buffalo wins it. I may, Maybe that's wish casting a little bit. Probably New England wins it, but I, I don't. Here's the truth. I don't think that the Bills definitely lose this game. Oh, for sure. I mean, 
I, I completely agree with you on that. Like, honestly, it's, I mean, it's a very low total game, 37 and a half. The Patriots are six and a half point favorites. Like, that's. I think I would take the Bills. Yeah, I think it's, I think it would be closer than that. Yeah. And the six and a half points. I mean, I can see it's this just, being a field goal game. It is always tough, though, in Foxborough. Like, it's just, it's a big advantage for New England there. Uh, the thing is, though, like, if Edelman is not healthy, like, this is a. It's an excellent point. This is no, there's just nothing to like about this about this pass offense right now. And I think McDermott is a good enough defensive coordinator. Like doing it to Duck Hodges is one thing compared to Tom Brady, but like is a good enough defensive coordinator to adjust things. Like they are not one of these defenses that just goes out and asks their players to execute, like Dallas or the old Seattle model or Atlanta. Like they do mix things up, they disguise things, and like that is appealing especially in this matchup against a Patriots team like you know one of the best quarterbacks to ever play but one of the best quarterbacks to ever play and he's playing with a bunch of garbage cans right now and a still not complete or healthy offensive line yeah John Brown downgraded here probably don't was, outside of your wide receiver two are you just downgrading him to like a wide receiver three because of the matchup here's the tough part like this is what we would have said last week you know too but, it's, but I think against Stefan Gilmore it's a totally different discussion great uh Rams at 49ers NFC West matchup. Oh, baby. This is exciting. Ah, oh, man. I can't I can't wait to watch this game. I'm very I think it's funny too. Like right now, the 49ers have jumped into the top eight in terms of point differential. And like that goes to show their offensive passing improvement. Like mm-hmm. Jimmy G has gotten much better over the second half of the year, especially in terms of especially in terms of like explosive put the play on his back type of thing against it. But they're coming off such a troubling week against the Falcons. Like, but I mean, the Falcons aren't, Falcons aren't a total joke. Yeah. I thought that uh, our colleague Therese Paler made an interesting point about this game. He called it a look ahead game thinking that maybe Shanahan forgave or under or overestimated his familiarity with Atlanta too much and maybe didn't plan because next up was the Rams. And so he was looking ahead to the Rams game and maybe didn't plan so much for the Falcons game, which I thought made a lot of sense. From an injury standpoint, the Rams are without Troy Hill. So I think the analysis, however, stays the same. That's their cornerback, and that is the weakest of their three cornerbacks. And we have seen opposing offenses try to take advantage of that. Not Um, always successfully. Not always successfully, but that has certainly been a matchup that opposing quarterbacks have tried to exploit. Troy Hill's out. So I imagine whoever replaces him is not going to be as good. So which of these 49ers receivers do you then, especially to your earlier point about Jimmy G's I mean, you could say that Jimmy G is becoming a better passer. I could add, and maybe it's a little bit of both, that Kyle Shanahan schemes his receivers open better than anybody else. No one has an easier job than Jimmy G, like at the quarterback position. Maybe maybe save Kirk Cousins uh, in Minnesota, but... I think he has done well to exceed, like, at the beginning of the season, that's why they were winning, because, like, Kyle Shanahan schemes his receivers open, makes the job hell of a lot easier. I think as he's gotten more comfortable, maybe, or, like, Emmanuel Sanders making a big difference, Debo mm-hmm. Samuel coming on, I think he's just improved a little bit. Let me ask you this question. If you had to start a franchise, contracts equal, like, not what they're on right now, but just contracts equal, they're both getting big, big-ass quarterback money. Who you start a franchise with, Jimmy G or Jared Goff? I would say probably Jimmy G. I know, and that feels weird, right? Because no. it feels weird only because Goff has reached a much higher height in his career. Well, he's played more. 
He's played more. He started more games. I think that that's massive. Like, career statistics-wise, it's pretty heavily in Goff's favor. And we just said that Jimmy G... I think I'm with... I think, by the way, I think I'm with you. I think Jimmy G is the correct answer, but it's just... It's interesting that Goff has reached such a high statistical ceiling, like, blowing it away last year, and then... It's just... It's, it's interesting. So, I'll give my reasoning... I, I like that Jimmy G comes from Eastern Illinois University, Rolling Meadows High School graduates, my rival high school growing up, um, and that he played behind. He was a he was a, a backup, obviously, behind the most famous quarterback in the league. And he had time to learn, to develop. He's been in two systems, two really great systems. And also, I don't think I do think that that number one overall pick does not provide a chip in one shoulder that is necessary for ascending and also not just reaching a high level, but maintaining it. And Jimmy G has got that, got to prove I'm wrong. Like, I'm not just a handsome guy. I'm actually good at this. I'm not just a backup. I'm worth the money. I belong in San Francisco. I can be a franchise guy. And, you know, I've made the comparison before that Jared Goff and Tom Brady look to me very similar in terms of Brady's early career. But Brady has had that dog in the fight, kind of like drank the Kool-Aid, was willing to work, you know, oh, yeah. was the underdog. Oh, yeah. And Goff just never had to experience that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that just makes you a little bit softer. Like all of the, I've said this before, anybody I know that I find remotely interesting has had to um, suffer and struggle and, and strive a little bit in life. And the people who've had it handed to them, they may be pretty, but they boring AF. Uh, that is a million percent true. Um, and I think also that like play, that reaches into their playing style yes. too. Because I think... Jimmy G's not like one of the best statistical passers under pressure, but Goff is unquestionably this one of the statistical worst. Sure. And I think his lack of a plan B is super apparent. And at least this year, the gap between them statistically, just uh, from a raw perspective, Garoppolo's ninth in adjusted yards per attempt and Jared Goff is 21st. And they're playing in very similar systems. Well, and I mean, everyone talks about the ice water that runs through Tom Brady's veins. And Garoppolo has a lot of that. Yep. I mean, that's just except an over except that overtime game against the Seahawks. That was one. That was a one troubling moment. But yes. All right, let's get back to it. Um, for what it's worth, I think that Kendrick Bourne is an interesting dart throw because of the Troy Hill injury. I don't like it. There's not going to be a lot of volume here. Like maybe he's just a DFS play that's super super cheap because obviously we're going to see Kyle Shanahan heavily target George Kittle. But I do think it wouldn't surprise me to see. Born have like a four catch, fifty three yard, one touchdown game. Makes sense to me. Moving along to our Sunday games, Cincinnati at Miami. I'm kind of excited for this game. Yeah, I mean, it's the Dolphins have become highly interesting mm-hmm. from like a watchability perspective. The only thing is like bang the <laughs> on the Bengals side. Like Andy Dalton has not been. He's been better than Ryan Finley, but that was like a zeroth percentile bar to clear. I think overall, though, he has not been like a great fantasy asset in and of himself. I think the benefit he brings to fantasy, you're right, not individually, is that he does bring a little bit more ability to fight back to the Bengals. So because the defense is so bad, there's enough offense to either make the opponent do more than just throw their lead rusher against them or, you know, some point totals are higher. Higher. Tyler Boyd is certainly benefiting from Andy Dalton under center. Yeah, last week notwithstanding. I think, too, 
I really like Joe Mixon in this game, obviously, from like a, from a, DF, from, from a DFS perspective. Yes. Like I think from like a value uh, salary perspective, I think I really like him this week. And it's interesting, too, because you mentioned that the Bengals don't stop the run very well. <laughs> the Dolphins don't run the ball very well. Uh, so Ryan Fitzpatrick is the team's leading rusher. Yes, he is. Oh, my gosh. And please, you guys have gotten questions and DMs about Patrick Laird. It doesn't but like Miles Gaskin is the same thing as Patrick Laird at this point. Like we, I mentioned Patrick Laird, what, five, six, five weeks ago. I feel yeah. like it's not a thing, especially after last week. Neither of these running backs do you want to touch in DFS or what is it called? Regular season? What is season it? Redraft. Long fantasy. Redraft. Thank you. My brain. Long season, kids. Um, how awesome could the Dolphins be in 2020 with Parker and Preston Williams healthy? Just real quick. Pretty I'm, awesome. I'm intrigued. Mike Isecki, too, coming on towards the end here. There's not nothing here, which is what we thought, you know, maybe two months ago. I'm getting I'm getting a little bit optimistic. I wouldn't say excited, but I'm intrigued. Pittsburgh at Jets. Pittsburgh Revenge game, Le'Veon Bell. I he is my bust of the week. Yeah, I mean, please. <laughs> please. Like there's nothing to get excited about there. There's nothing to get excited about in New York, anyways. I don't like Jameson Crowder this week. Nope. I don't like uh You I never mean, like him. Yeah, but even like, you know, at different times we've been like, hey, the Steelers really struggle to cover the slot. They've become a lot better of late covering the slot because they're a lot better everywhere. They have two defensive player of the year candidates on their on their team. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't there's nothing I like here. Jamal Adams says he's gonna play this That's week. I was too. just looking up to make sure he's been out the past two weeks. Yeah. So. I, I think pretty ugly game for fantasy. There's nothing I really want to get invested in here. Well, speaking of ugly, Giants at Washington. Not so ugly. Because you like, let me guess, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson about to win you a fantasy championship for the hundredth year in a row. But what about the fact that the Giants have gotten better? Much better. As a result of the acquisition from the Jets. From having 30 defensive tackles on their roster. (laughs) (laughs) All all, All these guys only play two snaps per game. This is weird. Janoris Jenkins gets let go or he gets released right and the saints acquire him and he now reunites with eli apple in new orleans Probably might replace eli apple in the starting it's lineup it's very bizarre like very there's strange. some weird feelings going you on you got to get that giant secondary back together when you can <laughs> so tell give me your adrian peterson he is also my one of my sleepers of the week on social but What's your analysis? Well, he's got 39 touches over the last two weeks with Darius Geis largely out of the picture. Chris Thompson doing nothing. Chris Thompson is nothing. Uh, This team, like they have, Bill Callahan has said since he became the interim coach, he wants to establish the run with Adrian Peterson because at the time Peterson was the only healthy back. But, and even though the Giants have uh, become a pretty good, a very good run defense, I think the fact that this game is going to be close because both teams are trash. But the, see, the funny thing about Washington is they're not well hot trash Haskins anymore. Haskins has gotten better over the last, Haskins and, and it was Leonard gotten, Williams that was acquired yes, from the correct. Jets that has given the the run defense in the other New York team a boost, and all, the twenty nine other defensive tackles that they have yes. on their roster. Uh, now, Washington started out at the like the third worst team in terms of point differential on the season. They're the third worst. But over the last four weeks, they're only at minus four. Like they've been playing close competitive games. They're two and four or they're two and two in their last four games. They had a five point loss to the Packers and a 10 point loss to the Eagles. Both those teams are flawed. However, they're also NFC playoff contenders like Washington right now, especially from a pass defense perspective 
is a lot better. I think the, the fact that this game is going to be very close, Peterson can get you like an ugly fantasy line. Like it's not going to be super efficient because of the run defense, as you mentioned, but all those touches I think are going to matter a lot. And he is still in your that same RB 20 to 24 range. Yeah, he's 16 bucks in DFS. Like that's a perfect buy, I think. It sucks. It's gross, but it's a perfect buy. Well, your new team, apparently, this team in Washington that you adore so oh, much. Geez. No, 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 <laughs> or, no, no. I say, your no. new favorite running back, Adrian Peterson, to your other old favorite running back. <laughs> uh, I can't even do it with a straight face. Christian McCaffrey is uh, traveling to Indianapolis. There's so much hurt that you just dis- just discussed there. Um, ugh. Anyways, Will Greer's under center, though. Yeah, uh, start Mr., your Indianapolis Mr., defense. Mr. Mr. Handsome, Will Greer. Gross. <laughs> that, was a ba- that was a bad take on my part. Not a, not a handsome guy. I totally guy. forgot just, about just that. Any other, any other white dude with a beard, um, as I, I say, as a white dude with a beard. Will Greer's under center. I don't think it makes a big difference for anybody. I, I mean, the Indianapolis Colts defense is only $16 in Yahoo God, DFS. That's amazing. No, 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 no. They're yep. so Rolling 16, with it. I'd rather play the Falcons for 11 bucks. I know. I think I think you're going to get a pick or two here from Will oh. Greer, first time quarterback, or no also question. very like widely available defense if you're looking to stream. That makes more sense to me. Like I still think DJ Moore is a bad quarterback's best friend. I think Will Greer is probably going to be a bad quarterback. I think the analysis stays pretty much the same because like Kyle Allen was one of the worst starters in the league. So How does like, it affect Greg Olson though? I, I would say it's it's negligible. Like I've mentioned with everybody else. T.Y. Hilton for the Colts expected to play. I do like Marlon Mack. He didn't do what I expected him to last week, but the Panthers are giving up all the damn points to opposing rushers, so I do like Marlon Mack here as well. Ugh, these two teams both are so bad. Of Mack late. can't take it, so let's get a, let's move away from it and get to an exciting matchup. Lamar Jackson at Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? At like Baker it? Mayfield. Yeah. Uh, tough scene there for the Browns. Um, I think that... I still love Lamar in this game, love Mark Ingram in this game. I mean, it's pretty much do what you normally would do with the Ravens. And on the Browns side, like, I don't even think you have to get tempted this week. Like, last week it was, Liz, I don't want to have to start right. Odell Beckham. Please don't make me do it, but I have to do it, and I'm not going to make it to my damn fantasy like Super Bowl. Also, Matt Judon is getting so much pressure every week. I think he's going to freak Baker the flip out. Browns need an offseason so bad. Maybe Kareem Hunt gets a, sort of a bunch of looks. Like, maybe Jarvis Landry gets a bunch of looks. But I'm not touching them against it. I don't want any Browns right no, now. No, no, no. All right, so then let's move on. Uh, I do like Mark Andrews again. I mean, I had a question. Somebody said, do I start um, Jacob Hollister, who has Arizona, or Mark Andrews? And I just don't want – I cannot, even though the volume has not been there – I will not move away from Baltimore's offense right now. I remember so we had the whole Mark Andrews debate uh, after the game was over last week. No. I mean, like we were podcasting and while Thursday Night Football was a few hours away. and Oh, we like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We weren't yeah. allowed to talk about that, but we did. And then but we you got, did. We got and yelled at. So we're going to move on because Brett, uh, so that he doesn't. <laughs> Liz makes Brett sound like the most tyrannical I'm podcast of producer. Oh, you haven't been looking at me today, Bat, but I've just been looking at Liz being like, move it along, move it along. See? Eye contact between the hosts is important, I've been told. I know, and eye contact between the host and the producer is also uh, appreciated. Um, Jacksonville at Atlanta. Now, this is a Falcons defense that you're interested in playing for $11 at, on Yahoo DFS. We already talked about the offense and how they desperately need Mike Leach at the helm and or John Filippo. Is there anything else you have to add here other than Julio Jones getting like I don't know, 20 targets last week against the 49ers? Nope. 
Keep it moving. Moving along. I will say I like Devonta Freeman here a lot. This might be finally the last week. We've been trying to make it happen all week. But again, flatlining, Falcon, uh, flatlining Jaguars defense makes me like Freeman. And uh, without Calvin Ridley, there is some support in the passing game for him. He's like the number three receiver on the team. The stoppable force versus the movable object. Saints at Titans. Here's one that's a little this bit a exciting. This is a good game. Uh... Damn, I, is Derrick Henry healthy? You know, didn't doesn't participate in practice today. Very, very concerning because they have become one of the most, I mean, they've become one of the best teams in the NFL. They fight the Texans pretty close last week. And really, if not for like a season-turning play on the, the goal line, play. the, the fir- Firkster uh, popping it up to Whitney Merciless, like we could be telling an entirely different story about 100%. how that game turns out. The the Titans are still top five in point differential since week 10. They're a really good team. But I worry that Derrick Henry not being completely healthy is going to be severely problematic in this game. Because without Sheldon Rankins and without Marcus Davenport, you think you could run on the Saints. But you, the but Marlon Mack wasn't able to partly because of game script. Yeah, I mean, partly because Jacoby Brissett had him in a 17-0 hole before I got my first beer. Fair. I, I think, right, I just said game script. Yeah, so yeah. Thank you for punctuating the point. <laughs> So do you think, I mean, uh, but do we believe that Ryan Tannehill can do enough through the air with A.J. Brown? No, I don't know. I think I think there's a chance that the Titans, like, for as much as I like what I've seen out of them, you know, Ryan Tannehill obviously isn't playing. Like, he's not playing quite what his numbers would suggest because his numbers would suggest he's the best damn quarterback in the NFL. (laughs) Uh, Like. I think there's a chance we could see a little bit of that regression and it's just bad enough to get the Titans like a like a multi point loss here, you know what I mean? Like the 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 Saints are really coming together right now, and for the the more problematic part of this game to me is Drew Brees is hot, Michael Thomas is really hot. I was just gonna say, is Michael Thomas your number one wide receiver on the week this week? Yes, yes. On uh, Mad Bets, our one of our our gambling show here, uh, sports betting show. One of the pro- one of our props for my segment this week was who's going to have more yards, uh, Derrick Henry or Michael Thomas in this game. And it's clearly Michael Thomas because the Titans are super banged up at the cornerback spot. Let's skip the Raiders at the Chargers because I don't want Matt to like melt out of fury. Let's talk. Oh, another squad that you love, the Lions. It's an easy watch. <laughs> the Lions at the Broncos. Hey, Brett's we... Broncos. Let's see if he hey. lets us go over on this one. And we got Matty P and Bob Quinn coming back next year. Who's excited? Well, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I thought it was a pretty good chance Patricia would get. No, there's no way they were going to fire him because Matt Stafford hasn't been healthy. And I think that injury, like, covered him because they there wasn't enough, enough data. Yeah, yeah. To it's fair enough. Fire him. Um, so. How many, like, 17 points combined in this game? What are we looking at here? Maybe. So I talked about Danny Amendola a little bit earlier in the episode. And he was one of my fantasy damage picks last week. I don't, to me, the question mark here is Carrion Johnson going to play or not. We still don't know. If Carrion Johnson doesn't play, then I might be tempted in a really deep league to to roll with Amendola again. Obviously, Galladay is going to be mostly covered by Chris Harris, who started the season lights out and has struggled a little bit down the stretch here. So maybe Galladay gets loose, but the volume there under Blau has not been particularly good. 
if carry on, I mean, the only reason I don't think you're starting carry on, by the way, even if yep, he plays, the only agree. reason you would do it is if you were in a full point PPR league. And again, this is like because nothing is a bit. I don't even know how you got to your damn Super Bowl if this is the case. <laughs> but he Maybe does offer a little bit of floor in the passing game. And that would be the only reason to just to bother with him. But if he doesn't play, then I do think that gives Amendola a little bit of uptick in a super PPR friendly format. I agree with you begrudgingly. All right. Let's talk Cardinals at Washington. Uh, Cardinals at Seattle, rather. Uh, this will, or the Seahawks, Cardinals at Seahawks. These are birds. I don't like birds. <laughs> That's why I messed it up, obviously. Duh. Oh, man. Um, you would have, I had last night uh, came home and just, you know, I've got these like tiles on the roof of my house and just birds, about eight of them just whisked out of there and i thought i thought of you liz about how much you hate birds i'm like i think this would be a death sentence i'm i'm starting to get warm just thinking about it <laughs> yuck gross now. okay so cardinals at seahawks uh <laughs> the, sea, the sea chickens uh i think the i mean i don't like dk metcalf that much i'll say it i love tyler lockett this week yeah the 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 cardinals secondary has become very strong against like outside wide yep. receivers or at least they're just so maybe they're just so bad from the slot Patrick peterson's playing better he's playing better uh he's coming back That's I mean, he nice. was rusty to start the season for no obvious question. reasons right so maybe now it's all coming together for him yeah i like that analysis and i mean where do you rank jacob hollister uh peach queen um, we're bobbing for apples now that it's like the winter. Uh, You've been telling th- me that for uh, about two months now, and I've n- just ignored it the entire time. Okay, so I think he's like my tight end 10. All right. All right. It's aggressive. Kind of. Okay. Kind of. But he, play- I mean, he plays enough snaps well, and runs enough routes. If that- Pat P is covering DK Metcalf, who's been a touchdown machine, and we like Tyler Lockett, even if there aren't a ton- there isn't a ton of volume from the from a passing perspective in Seattle, like Jacob Hollister can definitely, you know, grab four and one of them's in the end zone. Yep. Fair. And from a Cardinals point of view, Kenyon Drake was an absolute week 15 winner. For, I mean, he might have been a league winner for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. How's that feeling? How's your buddy, by the way, did he text you? The one that you said to start James Conner, who did score, I, I texted but not him, four times. I texted him first just to be like, whoops. Uh, it's always good to get ahead of those things. Sure, of course. But he was— Did your he, PR team release— a statement or did you just do it personally because he's a friend well i did tweet about it uh of course yeah i tweeted sure. i tweeted the the you know when the rabbit the cardinals had that rabbit emoticon thing i <laughs> tweeted the same thing but it said i told a friend to bench Kenyon drake in fantasy awesome um a lot of people ask me are you still <laughs> are you still friends or implied that he was an ex-friend i can confirm that john michael and i are still friends and he won his fantasy matchup oh, regardless you of gotta my, pass yeah he said he did say he's like I said, are we still friends? People on Twitter want to know. Plus, like, this guy loves attention. So the fact that he was oh, like... you guys are a great pair. The fact that he was, like, tangentially uh, related to a piece of content I did, he was excited. Dallas at Philadelphia. We already we talked about it, it, so we're going to skip it. Oh, let's lend. Let's end. Uh, no, actually, we have two more. Uh, Chiefs at the Bears. Well, Brett, you're really feeling the show this week, aren't you? Really? Uh, week 16, no, no end of season fatigue hitting you, huh? It's not the end of the season for me. Oh, damn. I'm going That's to the Super Bowl. You just want to be done with I'm our fantasy heads? I'm going to the Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah. You do look tired. You need some Christmas cookies? Some nog? I had a, a chocolate-covered pretzel. I'm all a right. A big one or a little one? Mini. Oh, okay. No, it doesn't really I'm count. all right. Chiefs at uh, at Bears, man. I can't I can't wait to watch this game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about all that, but like, dude, love Anthony Miller in this game. Sure, I liked him last week too. I've been liking him for a bunch of weeks now. I mean, assuming Taylor Gabriel's not, although, like, God, I really hate hitching my wagon to anything on this offense. The troops. Yeah, but, but I do like him again, and I did like him last week. So, and 
I have been honking about the fact that the Chiefs' pass defense needs some more respect. That is still the case. This is a pass defense to respect. However, if they do struggle, one area it is to tight ends, which the Bears don't have one of those, and slot receivers. So that I think Miller's a good play, and you know what to do with the Chiefs. Start them all, except for Sammy Watkins. Uh, Or the running back, actually. (laughs) So the three guys you want to play, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, Kelsey, log out. Packers at Vikings, another NFC North, another divisional showdown, NFC North. Obviously, we're going to end on this game. It's the Monday night game. Adam Thielen is back and healthy. Obviously, there are questions about Dalvin Cook's availability earlier in the week. That shoulder injury didn't look so bad. Now we're not knowing. Um, I guess my question is, let's assume Dalvin Cook doesn't play. I don't think he's going to play. Vikings really need this one because... I, 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 I don't feel like he's going to play. It would, it would seem ridiculous to me, especially knowing the Packers' vulnerability is versus the run, and you've got fresh legs with Mike Boone. And Madison obviously is out. We've discussed that already. So He's day-to-day. He might play, but I would say he's unlikely as well. Let's, let's hypothetically assume that Cook and Madison are out. So where, Matt, are you ranking Mike Boone? 16. Okay. 15-16. Okay. I think that that's where I think I have him at 18. Fresh legs, pretty good matchup, though the Packers have gotten better against the run of late, and it, that might simply be just because they struggle so much as a pass defense but or the strength of competition, however you want to say it. Regardless, this isn't a good defense, and I think you can get Mike Boone rolling against them. And really, this is just the, it's just the narrative bowl, you know? Like, is uh, can Kirk Cousins finally slay the demon? Who do you think is a better team right now, the Packers or the Vikings? I think the Vikings are a deeper team. I'm still worried about their quarterback. I know that Cousins no, it's totally fair. has looked good. but And, and Rodgers, by the way, hasn't looked fantastic. But I still feel like when I look at the talent, I, I have to lean to, towards the Vikings. But it's the quarterback that, that leaves me questioning. Also, the fact that this game is under the dome in Minnesota leads me towards the Vikings because they are a much better home defense, especially. Yeah, that is huge. That's huge because I think, They've struggled so much on the secondary side. Uh, their pass rush is still good, but, you know, nevertheless, like, it's it's not the defense that we wanted it to be. I think them being at home is the equalizer here, and I kind of think they win this game. I think Kirk Cousins slays the primetime narrative here, and because of that, I definitely want to buy in on their potential fill-in running back. Great. Running back 15-16 if he plays. That is it for us now. We'll be back on Sunday night for our Week 16 recap, our final Sunday night of the season. You can follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. You can follow me at Lizlo's underscore FF. That's at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. If you want to give us a holiday gift, maybe a review, a nice one, would be something generous that we would gratefully receive. Otherwise, we're out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.